Well, it's a playoff game day, folks. And later on tonight, Toronto FC will take on Nashville. For the first time in club history, we could not be more excited to get you set for that first round matchup here on Waking the Red Weekly, presented by Footy Talks. We'll also look a little bit around the league at some Canadian soccer headlines and plenty more. Basically, we'll just see how much uh, stress we can put on Jeff on a playoff game day as he scrolls across <laughs> his uh, scarf there. Uh, no guests on this week's show, which means we'll have plenty of time to get your questions, banter, comments. Um, anything you want to put in the comments, feel free to reach out throughout the show. My name is Mitchell Tierney, editor at Waking the Red, joined by managing editor Michael Singh. How you doing? Hey, Mitch, I'm doing well. And, you know, I, I don't think it's just me, you, Jeff, who's excited for this one. I think all of TSC Live is excited for this one because, you know, ever since last night, I, I felt there's been a buzz around that. And, you know, we're, we're going. I, it's game day finally. And let's let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, Jeff already getting shout-outs for the scarf. Uh, we are, of course, also joined by our own Minister of Culture for Waking the Red, Jeff Nesker. How are you doing, Jeff? I was practicing that for altogether far too long, so I hope I did all right. Yeah, yeah, no, it was pretty good. I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think yeah, I, I, I think I have a new career to, uh, as a hand model. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm going to put it away. Hopefully, hope, hopefully that won't be the entire show. We'll just see Jeff uh, pushing the scarf across. But um, yeah, as we said, it, it is playoff time. Um, obviously, uh, been a pretty great MLS Cup playoff so far. Before we get into Toronto FC Nashville, guys, uh, what have been your highlights so far? And of course, why is it New York City versus uh, Orlando City? Guys, um, is that the gold standard now? Does that better uh, TFC? versus Montreal Impact 2018, uh, 2016, sorry. I mean, it was it was basically both legs in one. Like, they had, we had line gate. They had whatever the hell that penalty shootout was. Uh, and let's not forget about Ruan and the case of the of the wheelchair, which I don't know if I've ever seen before, a player faking an, uh, an injury to the point that they were bringing a wheelchair out to sort of, to sort of finish the long con. Um that game was absolute mental. That game was insanity. Uh, just, just nuts. Yeah, Jeff, I think you pretty much set, wrapped it up perfectly there. Just absolute nuts. Like a goal, a player going to net to take penalty. Like there was a substitution that was going to happen, and then it didn't. Like, there was just so many times where like MLS pump faked us, and it just <laughs> added to the overall you know excitement of everything because. That is MLS at the end of the day. Come on, that's perfectly on brand. So that was on, honestly comedic at, at, to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. I mean the 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 sub goalkeeper they sold out of kits already. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, cool. and if they don't if they don't make a scarf that says "Poppy, I can do this," then Orlando has no business having a marketing <laughs> department. Um, that game was insanity. I mean, we're also forgetting the Nani tummy rub, like he was explaining Ruan's industry to, to Alan Chapman <laughs> by virtue of, uh, of uh, some deep tissue massage, which I thought was pretty hilarious. Um, I yeah, felt that, that was written Thursday when, when Nani went up to go take that final penalty and, you know, they had the, the, the player in net and it's, it's the best player on Orlando, obviously stepping up. You know that something's going down. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously, the the player comes up the huge save. Um, <laughs> it, it was just it was a lot of fun, and honestly, set the tone for what has been an overall just exciting MLS Cup playoff so far. Yep, absolute yeah, chaos. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. You know, that's not the only game. Of course, there's been late goals throughout. There's been a lot of goals in general. So, um, been absolutely fantastic playoff so far, and we're hoping that'll continue tonight with Toronto FC and 
uh, kicking off a triple header, of course, of of games. Um, there's there's so many things to to talk about um, as we get into this game, but I think the the first and and foremost uh, in terms of intrigue around this game is the fact that these teams have never played before, and uh, that according to our Martin Bailey has never happened in MLS history. Two teams meeting for the first time ever in an MLS Cup playoff match. So, you know what what does that do mentally for these two teams going in? You know they they have they they've obviously done an insane amount of homework on each other, you'd think, but they also at the same time don't have that firsthand experience that you usually expect going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think that tips in Toronto FC's favor a little bit. I kind of touched on it before just because TFC were in that sort of slump where they had one win in their last four entering the postseason. And, you know, the fact that they're now going to go against a team that's unknown, it, it's a, another reason why they can just wipe the slate clean and start fresh here in this postseason. So um, if we're basing it off, you know, two teams we haven't seen before, we're going off reputation too, right? And mm-hmm. who has who has a better reputation, Toronto FC, the mighty juggernauts who have been to the MLS Cup three, in the, three times the last four years, or Nashville FC, the expansion side who had an up-and-down season and, you know, found their groove towards the end of the year there. Um, I, I, again, that's got to be Toronto FC's edge. And, um I, I think Nashville are going to set up this match. They're going to sort of park the bus because of that, um, because of what Toronto FC brings to the table, just 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 on paper. And I think we're going to see Nashville counterattack versus, you know, a lot of times teams have been pressing TFC late. So mm-hmm. look for that in, in this game too. So um, what do you guys think about this one? This probably won't be, um, this is absolutely not going to be the first and only time that we uh, we quote your fantastic notebook article that dropped on Waking the Red this morning. Um, but you know, it does, it's also an advantage to TFC because, uh, you know, to, to paraphrase you, what version of TFC are we going to see, uh, extend that to what version of TFC is going to show up for Nashville. Um, you know, if they're game planning for the TFC that we've seen over the last month of the season and, uh, you know, now, uh, TFC comes out looking a lot more like the TFC we know and love, uh, you know, pray for Nashville. So Absolutely. Yeah, we'll get into it a bit in the the Toronto FC injury update in terms of which players are coming back. But one of them that I can tip the fact that he is coming back and expected to be back is Pablo Piazzi. And, you know, this is a massive game for Piatti because look at what happened to Toronto FC in MLS Cup last year, playing a very similar, not nearly, well, Nashville's not nearly as good as, you know, that Seattle Sounders team was, but they're going to play that very similar style to what foiled Toronto FC in last year's playoffs. And after that game, everyone was calling for one more, you know, creative attacking player to be added to the Toronto FC side that could, you know, break open a team. And obviously, Piatti's not going to do that with his dribbling ability. But what he will do is combine well down that side with Pozuelo, combine well with the other attackers to, to create more opportunities. So this is a big proving game for Pablo Piatti to prove that, you know, he, he is that designated player that Toronto FC has been asking for. Yeah, because that is a question mark still at the, at the end of the year is Pablo Piatti's contract situation. Is mm-hmm. Do Toronto FC, I believe they do have the option on the year, so do they bring him back next season as um, a designated player? Is there a possibility that his contracts work out in a way where they can buy him down he comes back as a TAM player? Um, all these are questions, marks are, that are going to be in Bill Manning, Ali Curtis's mind as they watch tonight's game because Pablo Piatti... Um, he's, he's not on the injury report. So we'll see what sort of role he does play in this game. Is he going to start? Is he going to come off the bench? We don't know like what limit he has, limitations he has on him right now. Um, but 
hey, it, it's exciting just to have him back in the mix because he is the team's best player, he, or best winger. He is the team's most dynamic option, you know, on that wing, especially when he can link up with Pozuelo. So um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see. Uh, two comments here. Uh, uh, first from our friend Gav across the pond. I have to disagree completely. Nashville have absolutely nothing to lose. They will come out and it will be up to TFC to set the pace. It's a one-off. History doesn't count. This is as close to the FA Cup third round as you can get. Um, I think there's, I think there's a, that's a fair point. I mean, Nashville kind of bossed Miami uh, and uh, they had a lot, they got a lot of joy on their attack. So, you know, considering that they're essentially playing with house money, who's to say that they won't come out on the front foot? Uh, for sure. That's definitely the other side side to the question. And I just think based off reputation, again, just going into this game, I think TFC had the mental advantage, at least just speaking again, if you, if you listen to Nashville's press conferences, they're, they're being asked questions about Toronto FC's offense, how they can, you know, stimulate that, how they can, you know, slow that down, how they can, you know, handle a player like Iowa Canola, vice versa. The questions for Toronto FC are being asked, uh, personal questions like how can you do this how can, are you guys going to overcome this how is mm. you know your mentality I think it's just, that just sets the tone for what where both teams are right now in terms of their soccer history and, and heritage and um, that's all you can really lean on going into these two games because uh, because like these teams two teams haven't played each other in the past um, I, I do get that that shout though like Nashville does have nothing to lose because they are the underdogs here in a sense but TFC again. That what we're saying is TFC aren't the underdogs, in my opinion. Right, yeah, and right. I think, I think that Nashville uh, performance against Inter Miami for me had a lot more to do with the the problems Miami have had versus you know anything specific that Nashville did in that game. Obviously, it was a good performance, but you know we can talk about a Miami side that obviously didn't have a lot of their key players, and even uh, I mean from an expansion standpoint, what an interesting game. You know, seeing those two first year teams get to to match up against each other and and maybe a little bit of a lesson to expansion sides because obviously they were built in very different ways. Miami going out and grabbing all those flashy, you know, European stars versus the Nashville team that's been built around guys who have proven in MLS. You talk about Dax McCarty, David Akam, Annabelle mm-hmm. Godoy, Lovitz, um, you know, even obviously MLS Defender of the Year, Walker Zimmerman. So then, then you add in, you know, a couple of other guys like Leal and Mukhtar and all, all of a sudden you have at least a solid enough side. And, uh, you know, I think that's obviously been the difference between Miami and Nashville this year and why, you know, when all the hype was around uh, Miami coming into the season, it's actually Nashville who, you know, is is in the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's unfair to say that that was an, a, a two teams of equals. I mean, Miami was missing half their squad to, to for various reasons uh, and a lot of their attacking pieces. But uh, yeah, I mean, Blaise Matuidi was uh, was was invisible, and and when you did see him, it was usually because he was getting dispossessed or just torched on somebody's run. So he didn't look very good out there. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I I don't think we can sleep on Nashville though. Um, the other comment I wanted to raise, and this is sort of circling back to uh, Piatti, was what Ivan said. He's already proved he's worthy of a DP, but go on. Um, there is precedent for this, buying him down to a TAM contract. I mean, obviously, Victor Vasquez is, is, is the example that we all remember. Um, he's a team player. I, 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 I think, you know, he, he's found his happy place in Toronto. And uh, I don't necessarily think being tagged as a DP moving forward is potentially important to Piatti for, for his ego 
Um, I think he would be just as just as happy as a being bought but down to Tam as a as that, he is that's right not now. The question though, is oh, okay. he worthy of is he worthy of a DP? Absolutely, he's worthy of being a designated player in this league. Is that's what you've seen? Mm. Keep keep in mind now. Next season, there, there are rumors that an under twenty three designated player is going to be mandatory if one of your three designated players. Right. So well, is he now worthy over of being, you know, your over 23 designated player? One of two of them. Is he worthy of that? I'm not at all because we wouldn't, we wouldn't qualify for it with, uh, yeah. But I mean, that's not, again, that's not the question. Is he worthy mm-hmm. of it? What do you think, Mitch? Um, I, it, it's tough. I don't think he quite gets there. And I think it's just Toronto FC. I think it's because you have, Josie, who's taking up a designated player spot and hasn't really been available or done much this season, then you really need that other designated player to be stepping up offensively in a slightly, um, I don't know, more tangible way maybe than Pablo Piatti has. We, you know, we talk extensively about all the things he does off the ball, and and obviously those are critical to what Toronto FC's done. But you know, in this league, you want your designated players, especially again. Um, after so many years when they've had Bradley as a designated player, you need at least two of them uh, contributing offensively. And Toronto FC, in some ways, have only have had Pozuelo doing that in a, a big way this season. Um, I, and that I think that you hit the nail on the head there. I think you said the word tangible production. And if you speak to Toronto FC's president, Bill Manning, he'll tell you the exact same thing. Um, because he said that about a month ago when he was asked about Pablo Piatti and, you know, this current situation. Um, and he, he was impressed with what he'd seen from Piatti, as has everyone else. Piatti's been absolutely fantastic. He's been our best, best winger, as we've constantly said. Mm. But he also mentioned how there has to be some sort of tangible production there to back up that price tag of being a designated player, because you can only have so many. Um, Piatti has sort of, in a, in a way, he, he has lived up to, to all expectations. Um, I just think I'd like to see a little bit more tangible production goals assists out of him. Um, he's he's for me. He's answered that question of whether or not he's healthy enough to stay on the field to you know make prove that value. He's done that. Um, even though you know we are we are dealing with another injury here, I, I think his run throughout the season, playing games every game at the MLS's back tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it shows that he he's uh, he's put his injury issues, I think, behind him. It's just a matter of what he brings on the field. And if we're talking about two designated players, not three, I, I don't know if Piatti makes that cut for me because I'm looking at the player of caliber of Alejandro Pozuelo, and that's my sort of bar, um, mm-hmm. especially moving forward. Yeah. 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 No, I think uh, I, I think that covers it well. You know, I think we, you know, we've talked at length about how important Pablo Piatti is to this team, but in some ways that's almost more because he's the only, uh, you know, supernatural winger on this team versus uh, um, otherwise, but let's get into uh, our injury update because, uh, you know, I think that's going to be very big for this playoff match. And before we get into the Toronto FC one um, with Michael, I think I quickly wanted to mention a big Nashville injury, which is Annabelle Godoy who went off, um, during that last game, and that could be big because I, I believe he was second in MLS in passes completed this season. And for a Nashville side that you know doesn't have maybe a ton of possession, uh, you know, missing a player like that's going to be pretty pretty big for them, especially you know when when you know what Toronto FC can do in that midfield. Absolutely, 
Absolutely. It's uh, it's definitely a, it goes under the plus column for us towards six o'clock PM tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well uh, then Michael, let's get into the, the Toronto FC updates here because uh, there are a lot of them. And, and as I understand, most of them are pretty positive. Uh, yeah. For the most part. Um, wow. Even got my whole name at the ticker at the bottom there. Jeez, <laughs> nice little touch boys. Um, so let's start. Obviously, the, the good news is the people who aren't listed on, on the injury report heading into this one, and that's Pablo Piatti and Richie Larea, um, and also Alex Bono, uh, if we want to throw his name into there as well. So Larea, who left uh, last match against New York Red Bulls holding his groin, um, he came back, kind of tried to play through it, but we were told after the match it was kind of precautionary that he didn't. Um, it looks like he will be good to go. To what extent? Again, we don't know. Uh, same thing there. I, I'd already talked about Piatti and uh, his availability today, so that's exciting. Um, Altador Ozo both should be should be gearing for some more minutes. Um, we can talk about you know the, how they'll sort of maximize that usage later. But again, that that's positive news for TFC to even have them at their uh, at their you know disposal. Um, the two people who aren't going to be available for today's match, according to the injury report, are Marky Delgado and Justin Morrow. So still two key veteran pieces to this team. I get, it's kind of weird calling Delgado a veteran because he's 25 years old, but mm-hmm. um, those two guys won't be uh, won't be available at TFC today, so that we'll have to have some players step up in their absence, but TFC have a lot of depth. That, you know, We've seen a lot of different players step up this season, and you know it's, it's playoff time. The time has come. Do we have any uh, idea of what Marky did to himself? Um, I'll have to go back and honestly check my notes, but I don't want to. I don't want to say a certain area. It's somewhere in the leg area, and I remember mm-hmm. them saying he had to get more than one MRI on the on the the problem. Um, yeah, so I, I know that's at least the case of it. Um, to what extent? Again, I don't know. I said like a month ago on here that I was worried about Delgado's yeah, yeah, I remember how yeah. sort of. Mm-hmm. hush hush and sort of you know noteworthy that second MRI was so uh we don't know what I do what I will say is Vanny said everyone is close so okay. if, if they're not there they're getting there so I don't think this is the end of Marky Delgado's season but if TFC mm-hmm. obviously move on but um he's he won't be available for, for the next match yeah okay. this is also the time of year of course to play coy with injuries because you want teams game planning for that literally team. everyone you have but true enough true um, enough. but we'll, we'll see from there I, I do think similar to how godoy is a big miss for nashville marky delgado is definitely the biggest miss of that for toronto fc just because you know especially against the set defense marky's ability to quickly progress the ball you're going to miss out on that for sure um there, there's no player in the toronto fc team who quite does that like he does so mm-hmm. um there's few players in mls in fact i was looking at his numbers this week and in terms of progressive passes marky's up there with mm-hmm. with the best mm-hmm. in the league he so. led the league before he went down by a long shot in passes mm-hmm. into the final third but it wasn't yeah. even close mm-hmm. yeah so probably if you look i didn't uh, i couldn't find the per net 90 stats but probably if you look at those um delgado would be even further up the up the table there. So uh, yeah, cer- certainly a player that Toronto FC are going to, going to be missing um, in a big way, but huge to have Richie back. Uh, we, we talked about, <laughs> yeah, what is that? Marky progressive passes Delgado. That yeah. is incredible. Yeah. Kevin's, love, Kevin's getting in there with the, with the zingers this is awesome. Yeah. Love the, love the, the ticker. Um, but yeah, I think Richie coming back is huge for kind of similar to, to the Piatti thing. Um, having him, having a, another player with, with the ability to break down set defenses. And we all know Richie's far and away the best dribbler on Toronto FC 
well, okay, might be Jaden Nelson, but he's far <laughs> and away the best uh, <laughs> dribbler on Toronto FC who's probably likely to start this game. Um, I, I think that that could be huge for Toronto FC and obviously having him back in the, the more attacking options you can have against a side like Nashville, the bigger. We keep dancing around it, boys. Let's, uh, what are we thinking starting lineup? Oh man, that's, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, I'll start just because I wrote about this a little bit in my notebook and I'll mm-hmm. get the elephant out of, elephant out of the room. Um, I don't think Josie Altover should start this match. I think he should come off the bench um, in place of Io Akinola if, if, if necessary, because I think Io Akinola has earned this start. Um, I think it's quite clear that the two of them, when they're on the field together, TFC's not at their best. Um, we can look no further back than, than their last game against the New York Red Bulls uh, when, you know, Josie Althor checked in for a winger in Subasa Endo. TFC had no chances after that. Like, they, were, they weren't even close to you know cracking that goal so um i just think they're they're too like for like they occupy the same space they try to do the same role um and i honestly think at this point io akinola does it a little bit better than josie alter does because of the movement that he brings so um i'd start io io akinola up top obviously behind him i'm going pozuelo number 10 where he belongs number Mm -hmm. 10 i'm going pozuelo where he belongs absolutely Mm -hmm. um now it becomes a question of availability if you're assuming Pablo Piatti is healthiest enough to start. He obviously gets that starter right wing. Um, if he doesn't, returning, I turn to, to Nick DeLeon. Uh, where, do you, where do you guys see that? Do you guys disagree, agree? No, I agree with you, PP or, or DeLeon, absolutely. Yeah, I think yeah. DeLeon might start regardless. He might be that left winger for me if, if, uh, if obviously... Um, well, Delgado's out, so if Piatti's right. in the lineup, then so so okay. I agree with that. I agree with that too. Either way, De Leon starts. Um, really? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so so who's in the middle? So your center mids have to be Bradley and Ozo. Yeah. Okay. Have That's to easy. be. Um, the question now is: and you got I'll, throw, I'll throw this out there. I'll throw this mm-hmm. out there. Do you move Ozo up to your left wing? To get Prizio in to start? To get Ralph Prizio in for the start. Or do you just save Ralph Prizio as an option off the bench for uh, if you're Greg Vanny? Because Prizio no. has shown recently he's he's up there and he, he's ready. Um, it's just, it's a playoff game. I don't know if, if that now's the time to sort of let him lose. Well, I mean, are we starting Richie, right? Right now we've got DeLeon potentially on left and right mid, right? So, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, and we've got Oso potentially on left mid and De Leon, right? Mm-hmm. I'm writing all of this down. Uh, <laughs> so let's just assume, let's just assume. Center mids, we got Bradley and Ozo mm-hmm. as a center mm-hmm. mid. Pauses are number 20. I think those are shoe-ins we can pretty much yeah. say. Yeah. Um, your striker, I think Io Akinola is a shoe-in. Mm-hmm. You start Josie up top with Io. No. Or do you, assume, no. let's assume Pablo Piatti's on the right wing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm assuming. Do you start Nick DeLeon on, on left wing, or do you start Josie up top with Io? I start Nick DeLeon on left wing. We know that's the system that Greg Vanning wants to play, and the thing that I like about that too is we know those two guys can interchange. So if you're not getting the looks you like for Piatti on that right side, then you flip him over to the left. If you Same thing with DeLeon, you know. You can you can switch that up. And again, I, I personally think, and 
you know, we haven't seen these teams play before, but I think this game might come down to whether or not Toronto FC can unlock Nashville. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the more flexible options you have like that, the better. Uh-huh. And and Delion scores some screamers when they refuse to defend him for some stupid reason. Mm-hmm. Like so, um, but what about Jaden? What about Mr. Nelson on the left? JPN, I've been preaching this for like I read your article. Been, that's it, that's it why I brought up his name. It hasn't been been coming to fruition in a regular season game. I I don't see it happen in a, in a postseason game. Although Vanny did give him his debut at the MLS's back tournament round of sixteen. It's and we talked about that with with such glowing enthusiasm, if I remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, different different circumstances. So, but he's on the bench. We got we got James on the bench. On. Okay. Oh, absolutely, he's one of my first options off the bench if I'm Toronto FC. Okay, so let me call the back line: Gallagher, Mavinga, Gonzalez, and Oro. Uh, I'm I'm going Richie over Oro. You don't want a super. You don't want a super sub, Richie. No, remember, no. remember that Spanish, that that Brazilian Spanish connection on the right. Or are starting this game. It's just a matter of whether or not Richie and or Gallagher starting. In my opinion, um, I'm not sure if Oro is going to start on the right or the left. Okay, um, but but Oro starting this game. It's hmm. just a matter of is Richie fit enough to start this game, or does Vanny want to use him as a super stuff, perhaps? Because Richie, obviously, you know, he missed or he came off as. Injured yeah, in he's, last got, match. he's got how, how groin problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would save him. I wouldn't. I wouldn't start Richie. Not when you have yeah, a capable left back. Fair enough. Then. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I can. I can get behind that. I, I actually do think Gallagher though is the is the one you have to start because I think defensively he he's the most defensive minded of of the three. And I think uh, again against a counter attack, I, I would want Gallagher back there every time. I think there was a stat that Toronto FC still haven't lost with him in the lineup. So. Um, I think they've they've conceded know. just one time with him him on the field actually. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's so a that's real small sample size though. Well, so it's a, it's one, a small one time in nine, game, nine yeah. games isn't isn't horrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, some no, of those are probably yeah, what? Has it been nine games? Holy, holy crap! It's some crap. Yeah, he's so, nine games. And he's never even uh, set foot in Demo Field yet, which is so twenty twenty. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's an that's interesting so, one though. It's like, I I don't know if if TFC's best on eleven though includes. Tony Gallagher. I think I still think it's Larray and Oro if if everyone's healthy. Um, and I, I I do hear your point about Gallagher, and he has been great. But I just think those guys are, are different quality. Um, mm. That's just my personal opinion. But it, again, it, it it's really a good problem for TFC to have, and it yeah. opponents are going to have are going to be struggling to game plan against this because obviously Greg Vanny loves to game plan around Richard Larray and freeing him up. The fact mm-hmm. that we don't even know what moment Richard Larea is going to be playing, which side Larea is going to be playing on, that's a, that's a great, you know, kind of deck of cards for Vandy to hold there um, heading into you this got, one. you got to put him on the bench. This is a team we're going to have to break down. We need his fire. We could potentially need his fire in the second half. So I just, mm-hmm. I, I, like I think, I think it's it's too much of a, of a, of a ace. It's too much of a trump card. you got to keep that aside for when you need it especially in this kind of game so we got tony g christmas finger ogcb and uh uh-huh. oro jr and uh in goal bono <laughs> yeah, I, think that, I think that's the most obvious of, of any of these we know uh, we know who's mm-hmm. gonna be in that and just one more thing on Lorena, mm-hmm. just coming off the bench there he, he's proven to us every single time like i can't think of a time where he's come off the bench and hasn't 
you know, at least made a difference in the match. So if we're worried about, you know, kind of not giving him the full opportunity to do so, like he, he doesn't matter how long he gets this guy, this guy will go out there and he'll make a difference. So yeah, I love yeah. him as an option off the bench, even though if, if, if you ask him, I'm sure he'll tell you that he wants to start. Um, right, right, right. But, so we're leaving some weapons on the bench. We've got Josmer, we've yeah. got Richie, we've got, Ryan, everybody's favorite Nelson, Ryan Nelson, or Jaden Nelson. Oh my God! <laughs> uh, who else? Who else? Oh, we got Subasa on the bench, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Gavin is saying Endo to start, and Come I know, on. and I no, know, Michael on. devoted many, many paragraphs to why that <laughs> should not happen in this game. Um, Listen, I love but you. Did you did preface I it love... with the endo? The endo experiment is over, which I which I took a bit of umbrage with at eight o'clock. The, <laughs> the end of the endo experiment. Yeah, the I, end... I loved Sibasa Endo and what he offered to this Toronto FC, FC team when he was first brought into the club because he was different. He was something this team didn't have. This league almost almost lacked. It was people who could play in between the lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he was a winger who could do that. He was kind of that hybrid of being direct and he could play in between the lines. He's a smart player. But fast forward now, we're in 2020. And I think that there are players now who are way more capable of making a difference in a match that Toronto C possessed than Subasa Endo. And I'm looking at, mm-hmm. you know, Jaden Nelson specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a game breaker. I think. Subasa Endo, he's the product of when Toronto C are playing well. Like he, he'll, you know, he'll kind of stand out to you when the team's playing well. They're not playing well. He, he, you know, he doesn't move the needle enough for Toronto FC. So he's kind of a safe option for me. I think TFC are sort of past that point because we have, we have better options. Um, mm-hmm. Just who can just make a difference there on the wing, and that's just my personal opinion. Because again, Endo is. He's someone we saw what what can happen when he does get going in the postseason because he was great last season. Yeah, he was yeah, great yeah. in that in that in that postseason. And, and I, I take a think- I take a little bit of umbrage with your with your point that um, he only plays well when the team around him is playing well because I remember when he was tearing it up for TFC two and the rest of the team <laughs> around him was absolute garbage. Different level though. I, I know level. it's a different level, but but I do. You know, I wanted to bring that up, but anyway. Yeah, I no, again, train yeah. no, 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 that's fine. I know I'll counterpoint to that just because Mitch said it's a different level. Like, he's not a game breaker at the MLS level. He's 27 years old. We know what Subasa Endo is. Hmm. Uh, Subasa Endo isn't going to go out there and he's not going to surprise anyone with, with a, you know, a, a crazy performance. Um, but yeah, I think Gavin makes a good point too. Like, He's saying right now, you, you have to play the occasion. You need experience. Yeah. There so are no, no players. So no Jaden Nelson is, is essentially yeah. what we're saying. At what, at what point do you give Jaden Nelson a, a playoff game then? Well, we already right? did. We already did. Yeah, come on. Nah, like a real playoff that, game. Like, that, I'm not, I'm not that, saying start and go throw him at the Wolves, but I'm, I am mm. saying if, he, if, there's, if TFC need a winger in the 70th minute and they need some mm. fresh legs, I don't think you turn to Subasa Endo off the bench as your first winger option. I think you turn to, to Jaden Nelson. Um, can we do a poll? Can we do a poll? I, I would Who love would you... to do one. I want to. Yeah. I want to know what everyone thinks about that. Just yeah, because yeah. I think there's there's there has to be that certain point where you you turn the page, and eventually you're going to hand that over to Nelson. Mm-hmm. Why not now? That's my question. Yeah, if Orlando you want to talk about... late March NYCFC. Oh no, started... no, it was way later. But <laughs> he started in a side without a striker. 
without yeah. Io Akinola or Josie Altor in that game also too. Good point, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it was it wasn't a, it wasn't the strongest TFC side that he was starting and mm-hmm. it was also his first career start. I'm not saying start again. I'm not saying start Jaden Nelson. Mm-hmm. What I am saying is free him a little bit. Listen, let, let I, I'm, I'm right there with you, pal, man. Like, you know, his his he's he's desperate to go one V one with guys. And if Nashville is going to park the bus, we want a guy that's going to go one V one all the time. So I, I I'm on your side. I just, uh, you know, I, I, I equally understand the, the, putting endo on because he has surprised us he does have the playoff experience you know he he has scored some clutch goals for the team uh you know maybe he's maybe we don't take him out behind the barn just yet uh yeah yeah, and and here's go ahead Mitch. go ahead well my thing uh, too is uh i've been comparing this game a little bit to the the sounders mls cup final last year hmm. um and it was not good in that game he he just you know He's one of those players who I would like a little bit more in a counter-attacking system um, versus, you know, a system against set players. He's not, he's a good dribbler, but he's not a great beating players dribbler in the way Nelson is. Um, I just think Nelson, I agree. I think Nelson offers something different and that that's who I'd go with. Um, but we'll see again. Those are kind of down the down the list of guys that bring off the bench. You do have Josie, and if you want to talk about experience, um, exactly. as much as you know, we, we've certainly gone on about Josie missing the season, and he hasn't always looked that great. I'd rather <laughs> have Josie on the bench than you know not have him at all. I mean, you look twelve playoff matches for Toronto FC, scored eight goals, four assists. Um, that's a pretty mm-hmm. good return. And, uh, you know, really, there's been no better player in playoff games for Toronto FC than Josie Altador. I'm confident in saying that. But you bring him on as a sub for Io, right? Like, I don't know if you would bring him on as a as a winger to play with Io, or you would bring him on in a and, and flip the script to a 4 2 2. 4 4 2. You have those options. I, it wouldn't be my first choice, um, but you do have those options. And again, I, I think having Josie there could prove to be a difference maker in these playoffs. And who knows what Greg's got, what Greg's been working on in, in Toronto in the, in the bubble this past week. Um, maybe we do see Josie off the top again. Uh, I think, I think it should be IO, but you, you'd like to have that in your, in your locker. I think it should be IO too. I also don't like the, can Josie come up big one last time? We, we, we always, we always do this to ourselves. We always sleep on Josmer. We're always like, is this going to be the end of Josie? And then he just does something ridiculous. And we're like, yep, we love him. And then, you know, two weeks go by and we're like, mm, maybe this is the end of Josie. And, and uh, I, I, I don't bet on, I don't bet against Josie, Josmer anymore. Uh, no, that's not, a fair shot. Yeah, that is a very fair shot. Will. I mean, he, um, he always saves it. He always saves it for when the lights are the brightest. Yeah, if you guys yep. missed that, Will said the reality is that Josie has not looked good at, good at all this season, and he's, he's been stop start. But it's playoffs. <laughs> it, that that's what that's the difference. It's playoffs, and you know, it's a it's a winner go home uh, mm-hmm. scenario. Um, what I will say is, uh, just based off what Greg Vanny's saying in press conferences, is he is a coach that understands the importance of having veterans on your team. Mm-hmm. And he know, understands the difference between having a veteran out there and having a young player out there. He he has talked about, you know, playoff games perhaps coming down to these one or two mistakes, which obviously younger players are, are more prone to have. Mm-hmm. So I think from Greg Vanny's approach to all of this, I know we were just talking about Subasa and Dojane Nelson. I, I think Vanny might lean towards the veteran here 
as opposed to the youngster, even though I personally may disagree with that just because, um, like, everything in the past probably leans towards the veteran. But there's a certain unknown about this future, something that's that's uh, kind of hard to put to wrap my finger on what I'm trying to say. It's just that I really think that in order to to know what we have out there, we have to take those risks and, and play these young kids. And we're seeing guys around the league, 17-year-old kids around the league who are making a difference, scoring equalizers mm-hmm. in the MLS yep. playoffs, scoring a goal in the MLS. Two different 17-year-olds did that. And I honestly think TFC have the cream of the crop when it comes to some of these these up and coming youngsters. So I think if you those guys, I can I can see those guys on the field performing the way that they're doing. Why can't TFC's youngsters go out and do that? And I'm not saying again, I'm not saying go out and start these kids, but I am saying that they are options, and I think they're better options than some of the other secondary options that this team has, perhaps. Indeed, indeed, Mitch. I think it might be time to bring on our uh, our special producer guest. Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, let's get the local agitator on here to do some uh, MLS. <laughs> I don't actually prediction. know what he's going to do, so this is going to be fun. <laughs> hey yeah. guys, there we go. Here's How's it cat. going? Good, good, good. That shirt is wild. What what is it like? It's got a white collar. Yet oh, you it's don't, you don't even know. It's amazing. yeah. It's a limited edition. Yeah, limited of one. That, yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, let's get into it, guys. Let's so, go. Um, so, yeah, so not too surprising that um, yours truly has come out on top. <laughs> um, uh, I know, didn't bring as, my monocle, so. As, as the resident expert here, um, I came up with two wins of with six points. Excellent. Of the predictions. Um I guess right. The revs beating the impact two uh, one mm-hmm. and uh, Minnesota Colorado, and you guys um, ended up getting zero, zero correct. What do you mean? No way. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> that sounds made up. <laughs> I had Nash. Yeah, that sounds totally made up. What did you guys have? Uh, I had impact beating the revs. I had Nashville beating Inter Miami on PKs. Yeah, we're talking about scores, guys. Scores, 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 right? Oh, like perfect scores. Perfect scores. Oh, no, I got uh, none of those. Yeah, zero. Yeah, zero of those. Absolute zero. So, like so zero degrees like, Kelvin. Like Zero. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that it was... Well, anyways, we're into, we're into round two. I only have a, a six-point lead here, guys, so they're just still fine <laughs> for you guys. Okay, let's go right. around the horn here, um, starting with Mike. Now, Philly versus New England. Uh, I got Philly all the way here. I'm going to say 2 nothing Philly. Okay. And uh, who do we got here? What, what do you think, Jeffrey? I got Philly losing to the Revs by a score of 2-1. to one. Wow. Okay. Mitchell? Jeff's just trying to make up points. I'll go Philly 2-1. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. It's TFC Nashville. Uh, well, we do uh, have our own prediction league, and I already voted yeah. Come in it, on, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. um, uh, let's go. The Reds are, are taking this one home. I, let's say I'm gonna go three one TFC. Ooh, ooh! This is a one nothing win team here, Mike. Big dub, big dub. I'm calling big dub. Everybody's so happy about the one nothing wins all all season. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Uh, who's up next? Jeffrey. Me. I got 2-1 TFC. 2-1. Okay. Yeah, Mitchell? I got 2-0 TFC. 2-0? Okay. Yep. Damn, I want to be at Mitch's house at 6 o'clock tonight. That's a lot of positivity. <laughs> Last but not least, Seattle LAFC. <laughs> this one's tough. I can't bet it against the Sounders. Come on. It's going to be 2-1 Sounders. Yeah. I got 2-2 with Seattle winning in penalties. Now, do I have to actually predict the penalty score, you jerk? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. no, no. All right. PK for yeah. who? PK for the Seattle. The rave green. Do okay. I need to do it again? We'll fight and we'll win. <laughs> hey, we got it that time, Jeff. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'll go. I'll go three-one Sounders. Yeah, I think the Sounders just uh, in the playoffs. Three-one against, against Golden Boot winner. I want some goals playing. tonight. Okay. Okay. Well, the correct answers are three-one for Philly. <laughs> right. Uh, TFC one nothing as usual. Mm-hmm. And the the Sounders two-one. Two-one over LAFC. the over LAFC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And anybody who's right. watching, yeah, let us know what you guys think too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We'll do like a whole big old review as this as this starts rolling along. Um, well, thanks, guys. Thank Martin you. Bailey's gonna be at mad. We uh, had someone else's spreadsheet on the show. I hope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> thanks so much, thanks Kevin, so coming on and yeah, yeah, doing yeah. that for us. Um, you didn't notice, but he was a full kit. He had his uh, he had his shorts <laughs> on too, and I think he shaved his legs when he previewed them earlier, and it was delicious. <laughs> uh, Jeff, you got a you got a rant for us? Uh, we're almost out of time. Do you have a can sock focus? I'd rather talk about Laren and David. All right, let's let's do that then. Um, yeah, I wanted to quickly just uh, a little Canadian soccer corner because I think we uh, well we haven't really had much time to to talk about that. In recent times, and um, nothing bigger than Jonathan David finally getting a goal after you know 13 scoreless matches with Lille, four uh, 0 win over Lorient. Uh, you know, overall fantastic performance. I think they've been putting him up top with this guy Yusuf Yazici, who I think is going to be you know a big star in in world soccer pretty soon. He's an incredible player. You know, anytime I watch Lille this season, he's the guy who stood out. He was huge against. AC Milan and their their win before the international break in in the Europa League, but you know it, it's good to see David have some confidence again. I think that's that's that was a hell of a goal for him. He oh, was yeah. he was really composed on the ball in the box. That was a hell of a goal. Um, I mean, mostly I just want you to explain to me why Kyle Laren is worthy of my attention because <laughs> I really don't like him. And uh, there we go, Charlie O'Connor. <laughs> I want to see a Jeff Miss pitch fight. I just, I think, you know, I've, his body language, again, you told me I haven't watched him in two years. So please explain how he's become the Am best player. Am I right player. in that? Pardon? Am I right in the fact that you haven't watched him in two years? Well, I don't usually turn on a Besiktas game because, I, <laughs> I, you know, where, where is it on? But no, it's probably, it's been a while. I think the last, the last time I saw him live was uh, uh, Cana- uh, a, can- a can men uh, team, uh, mm-hmm. whatever, a Canadian men's national team game at Emo. <laughs> And again, his body language just drives me crazy. I, I can't stand number nines that have no work rate. I just I think that they're being phased out of the game. 
um, and you know that like, oh, no one's crossing to me. Oh, woe is me. Just drives me mental. You know, like hustle a little bit. And you're saying that he does all that now, and I should like him. So, awesome. well, he doesn't even play as a number nine anymore for Besiktas. He plays as a wide attacker, which has been an interesting switch this season ever since his time in Belgium. And you know, he has added a number of those dimensions to his game. He's much better defensively. Um, you know, he's still that threat in behind, but it usually comes from a wide position now, which means, you know, he's almost tougher to pick up because you've already got to deal with the the normal center forward at the moment. Um, and he's a much better player at creating chances for his teammates than, than he's been before. And, you know, look at the numbers. He's tied for third in, in the Super League in scoring this year, six goals in 10 matches. Um, you know, this is a guy that we've always known can score, but he's doing it again at, at a great level. So, you know, that's kind of the other the other Canadian player who I'll, I'll shout out this week is is Kyle Aaron. So Good does chance. he get the start over Anthony Jackson Hamel is what I'm asking. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> most most definitely. It's interesting. One thing I did want to mention is uh, is Laren playing in this wide position. The first guy to ever do that was John Herdman. He got absolutely destroyed for for uh, putting Laren out wide during one of I think Canada was playing Mexico at the Gold Cup. I do remember that. Yeah. Well, that was a disaster. <laughs> it's kind of funny though. Yeah. That, that, that This is like the second time. Cause I, I'm pretty sure it was, uh, it was Herdman who put Davies as a left back first too. So it seems like, it seems like Herdman's slightly ahead sometimes in these tactical things. And maybe we don't give him enough credit for that. He's absolutely. A genius absolutely. There. Uh, Mitch, I got to run. Um, I'm going to yep. do a little, t- little TV hit. So, uh, CB 24, everyone. CB 24. You guys can turn on like 1250. Um, but if these guys are still going, make sure you guys definitely don't tune out of here. <laughs> no, I, I mean, we were going to end early for on account of that. I want to watch you. Um, the big before you finish, I do want you to mention that Voyagers, uh, Voyagers thing. So, um, I will, I will head out of here. I'll see you guys later and let's go. Come on, you Reds. Yeah. Big, uh, big assist from Michael Singer. He, <laughs> he leaves there. Excellent stuff from him. <laughs> um, I, I did want to mention, uh, the Voyageurs, um, they are doing a survey as we build towards the 2026 World Cup. Uh, they want to get your ideas on, you know, uh, supporting Canada soccer in general and, and how they can um, better, I guess, create their organization and strategic plan as we build towards that home World Cup. Because obviously, mm-hmm. you know, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for Canadian soccer. We all know it. Uh, the spotlight that will be on the, the national team program will, will never be brighter, and, and that goes on and off the field. So a uh, big opportunity to get your, your input in there for, you know, how, how we're going to support this team and, and, you know, again, going forward. Yeah. It's not can sock without the Voyagers. So uh, no, get absolutely. in there, get in there, get your, get your thoughts heard. It looks like they're gearing up for a, a, a rethink in, in a lot of ways. And some of that's necessitated by the weirdness that is 2020. And some of that I think has been on their docket for a while. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it grows. Uh, and everybody should get a Canada scarf because they're awesome. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, well, uh, we will. I, I promise Kristen will have someone on from the Voyagers at some point to to give you a little more uh, insight into their organization. Obviously, uh, that'll probably happen after the Toronto F season or Toronto C season. But yeah, it's 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 just about playoff time. What is it? Five hours away until Toronto FC kickoff uh to open the 2020 mls cup playoffs so 
we'll wrap things up there, but the countdown's now on. Uh, as, as we said, Michael is now on CB24, <laughs> so if you're not somehow tired of him yet, you can switch over there and, and give him a watch. Uh, yep. Thanks for Kevin for hopping on there and, uh, you know, I, I uh, giving us an eye exam test in terms of trying to read that spreadsheet. Jeez. Uh, Oh no! <laughs> there it is again. <laughs> love that. Love that. Um, yeah. Thanks for thanks to Sophia, of course, for all the work uh, done in the background. And Mitch, uh, yeah, episode twenty. I know. Yeah, we've we've made it twenty episodes. Um, most of them have been uh, cohesive and uh, <laughs> pretty solid. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks to all of you for for listening and watching. And enjoy the match, everyone. Let's go Reds. <laughs>